So, I received a very interesting question the other day. Can we teach someone how to defend themselves without hurting the other person? Well, that depends on the situation. Welcome to the Impact Defense Podcast. We are dedicated to giving you the information that you need to help keep you safe. Now let's join our hosts, Brian, Jada, and Kylie. All right, guys. So again, Kylie is not with us today, but she will be back next week and next podcast. Uh, we are now... Oh, wait, it's the ad portion. That's right. And with no Kylie, you're stuck with me again. Okay, still on our new sponsor, Faith and Freedom Clothing. Uh, check out faithandfreedomclothing.com. Use the Impact Defense coupon code to get yourself 25% off of every order. Remember, don't do that one on your first order because they're going to give you 40% off of your first one. So it's just, you know, don't be that nice. Um, use that one after your first order. Uh, check them out. They got some pretty cool stuff. And I think they're shipping us some stuff as well. Awesome. Yep. Now onto the news portion of our podcast with your host, me. Now, this is a BBC news story. Um, so they get credit for this article because I'm probably going to have to read out the majority of this okay. so that we get the full effect because this was a kind of this wasn't a short situation like the guy using the Cayman. Um, this was a little bit broader. So first off, a man who's we'll just call him Khan because his last name was Khan. Um, he was a convicted felon, and he was in an event for prisoners, basically, outside of the prison. Our good guy in this situation is a man named Darren Frost. Um, they call him a civil servant. <laughs> Mr. Frost said that he was attending the rehabilitation event with his colleagues when he heard a commotion downstairs. He said he then grabbed the decorative narwhal tusk from the wall, and he said a few of us rushed to the scene. I took the narwhal tusk from the wall and used it to defend myself and the others from the attacker. Another man was holding the attacker at bay with a wooden chair. The attacker had two knives, one in each hand. Um, I ran down the stairs and stood next to the man with the chair and two of us confronted the attacker. Mr. Frost added he had the knives in both hands upon seeing me with the narwhal tusk pointed at his midriff. He turned and spoke to me, and then indicated that he had an explosive device around his waist. At this point, the man next to me threw his chair at the attacker, who then started running towards him with the knives raised above his head. Mr. Frost handed the tusk to the man next to him before heading back upstairs to find another one. Um, Then he returned and found the first tusk shattered across the floor and and people fleeing from the building. He said, along with the others, I pursued the attacker, tusk in hand, onto the bridge. We called out to warn the public of the danger, and after the struggle, we managed to restrain him on the ground. At this point, I was trying to isolate the blades by holding his wrist so that he could not hurt anyone or set off the device. In the footage of the altercation, Mr. Frost can be seen grappling with Khan on the ground before being pulled away by an officer seconds just before the police shot the attacker. Um... Improvised weapons. Narwhal tusk. That is awesome. <laughs> I don't know where these stories are coming from You're coming all of up, a sudden. Okay, so uh, let's just say, the last, there's a few back where you had a, a string of really 
weird, almost disturbing ones. And, and I'm really liking where you're going with the with the stories you have found recently. Well, it all depends it's, on what I can find. I like know. it brings up different things, different days, and I like know. the Cayman one just happened. So yeah, yeah. But the narwhal, that narwhal. Okay. So using a Cayman as an improvised weapon, using a narwhal tusk as an improvised weapon. These are two things that have never once in my entire life crossed my mind. But it just goes to show you, you look at anything as a, hmm, can I attack somebody with that? Yeah. All right. <laughs> there you go. Can improvised I myself against someone? Yeah, that's a better way to, a much better way to say that. Don't attack people with narwhal tusks. But if they have a knife and, you know, they are yeah. already trying to kill people, then feel free to attack someone with a narwhal tusk. Absolutely. Let me preface this by saying I do not expect this to be a very long episode. And as soon as I say that now, we are going to be three hours deep, I am sure. But anyway, um, I was asked the other day if it is possible to learn to defend yourself in such a way where you can defend yourself without hurting the other, the attacker. That's a hard question to answer, you know, because, I mean, is it possible? Uh, well, it's never going to look like what it does in the movies. But, <laughs> you know, if you're talking about verbal de-escalation skills, um, if, if the attack is not that threatening, if they never try to actually put hands on you, yeah, we teach that all the time. De-escalate the situation. Talk yourself out of the situation. Keep your hands up in case they take a swing. But the moment that they take a swing to hit you, it becomes a very, very different thing and much harder to actually defend yourself without hurting the other person. Okay, so we're just going to say no and end the podcast right there. See you guys later. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. All right. Now, I am reminded of a couple things. Okay, number one, I have seen, you know, if you watch like um, Jet Li movies and these different, you know, Chinese Kung Fu type movies, you see these guys where they will slip move, maybe connect... Uh, you know, parry away all the strikes that come in and, and push all somebody the away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sound effects are happening. Yep. Um, so it doesn't happen that way in real life. It, by the you way. know, unfortunately, it really doesn't. And I hear these things where, like, people, um, or I've I've seen you know in movies where like Wu Tai Chi master that will you know just like move around the arms and all these kind of different things and. You know, the fact of the matter is violence doesn't actually work that way. People do not throw traditional style strikes and stuff like that. Guys, I am so sorry. Uh, People next door are apparently just banging metal with hammers right now. (laughs) It's highly likely that's what they're doing. I know. Yeah, they, they, they work on hot rods. So apparently we chose the wrong day to record. All right. So that type of thing just does not really actually exist in real life. Like can is it, there yeah, I mean, you know, there, can things happen? Yeah. Get really, really good at head movement. Work on your boxing to the point where your head movement is freaking phenomenal. And I have so I've got a really good friend who told me that the worst fight he was ever in, he basically beat himself up. He was in school and this guy was uh he got really mad. He said he was a hothead as a teenager, and he realizes this, and he realizes the error of his ways now. Anyway, he decided he wanted to fight this guy, and I don't know why. But anyway, he decided he wanted to fight this guy, 
And he said he swung at him and swung at him and swung at him and never could hit the guy. Because he said his, his head movement and everything was just phenomenal. Ended up, because this was in shop class, he punched a bandsaw, and that ended the fight when he hit the blade of the bandsaw. Now, the worst he'd ever gotten beat up, he did it to himself, basically. So, can it happen? Yes, and in hilarious ways. But can you rely on that? No. <laughs> and how long? Okay. To get really that good at head movement, you've got to really, really get good at head movement. And that takes time. Now, it takes time to learn to fight in any way. But to be honest with you, if somebody throws a punch at you, I can show you how to slip or parry that very quickly and throw one strike back or two strikes back or four strikes back or whatever and get you out of that situation. And we can do that a lot faster than spending a very, very long time on getting your head movement so good that people just have a hard, hard time hitting you. Yes, I think the thing that people misunderstand about this whole thing is they really don't seem to realize how difficult all of that actually is. It's not easy. Yeah. And they think that just because you have training, you somehow become this master with this huge level over everybody else. And it's just not the case. All... And before you start thinking about this and whenever you think of, oh, well, he probably means like restraining someone and keeping them from continuing to come after you. Well, that's you possible. realize that restraint most of the time is using controlled pain to stop someone from continuing. A lot of times. Yep. So to say to, that you can defend yourself without hurting somebody, it's usually not likely. Um, You're the pulling that from movies. Yeah. Which is probably where that kind of stuff is coming from. You're watching movies and you see that and you go, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah, yeah, I want to learn to but do that. Like, even if you're holding someone on the ground in an arm bar or if you're using that, like, escort. I'm really sorry for the people doing metal work beside of us, guys. Or even if you're using something like an escort technique or some kind of lock. Whatever you're doing, odds are it is not comfortable. Yeah, it's pain compliance. Yes, it is. And... That's controlled pain, and it's not going to maim someone, you know, but it is going to hurt, and it's going to stop them from wanting to continue. That's yeah. the point of it. And those things do work, but being able to do that takes well, takes a really long time of training to be able to do that in a real situation and really hold someone in it. Yeah, you don't, you don't go somewhere and learn something and train like that for a couple months and then come out and go like, hey... You know, I can do all of this. Not like that. I mean, you put two months of training in, and if that's all you're going to put into it, you're going to have to learn to hurt somebody. I mean, there's just no way around it because the easiest freaking way to do that is go escape or, or make them miss, hit them, you know, or something along those lines. Um, so basically, if you don't want to hurt someone in self-defense, you're not – first of all, it's not likely – Second of all, to be able to control the amount of pain you put them in that much takes years and years and years and years of training. Yeah. Because a lot of times, well, really, that's part of the reason we teach people that whenever someone is trying to hurt you, it is okay to hurt them. Yeah. You know, because putting someone in pain, throwing punches, things like that, that's, that's the fastest way of stopping something. 
if you want to get to your fifth degree black belt after like 30 years of training and all of that, more options do open up to you and more options open up to you the further on you get down the line. Um, Until you start to get too old and then it's, <laughs> and they start closing again. Yes, but once you get further down the line and you have that insane amount of training, more options start to open up to you. That's the thing that people don't understand. They don't understand why those options aren't there for people earlier on. Yeah. Like, you can't just... You have to learn how to hurt somebody in order to learn how to not hurt somebody. In that's true. That I, I, and that's, that's very true. Uh, one thing I hear is I, I hear people talk about, um, you know, head movement and making people miss and these doing different things like this. And you bring up really what is one of my favorite boxers of all time, uh, Roy Jones Jr. Phenomenal at making people miss him. The dude would throw his hands behind his back and people still couldn't hit him. Now, if anyone could learn how to do it, then why didn't everyone else in boxing have that level of head movement? They didn't. It's not normal. Okay, so there's your other problem. So just because one person can learn to do that does not mean everyone can learn to do that. And I have learned as an instructor uh, and I've been instructing people in self-defense and martial arts for like almost 20 years at this point in time. And I have learned in that time that the things that I can do is not going to be in everybody's wheelhouse. And the things that everybody else, that other people can do is not necessarily in mine. You know, it's just, I, I need to be effective where I am. And I can teach other people to be effective where they are, but there are certain things that you're never going to be able to do. You know, it's just because of your body makeup, because of your just coordination level, you can get better. No matter where you are, you can get better. You can get more coordinated. You can get, um, you can put on weight. You can take off weight. You can do these things. But you're never going to be able to magically be just like this person over here. Now, is there one crazy person in the world who's been doing stuff with Tai Chi that can make it work in a way like they do in the movies? Probably not, but there might be like that one person. You know, that one, but that's not normal. And no, that's the thing. Not. Now, we can take the normal person and go block this, hit them, and get out of there. And I can basically teach everybody that. You know, that's the thing. People seem to think that if you're teaching someone that. You know, you can hurt them or strike them, you know, in order to defend yourself. They seem to think that we're teaching brutality. Yeah. When it's not the case at all. We teach you to hurt them just enough for you to get away safely. Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face or stubbed a toe. Me? Pain I get punched in the face you. all the time. I'm talking to the listeners. Oh, It's like, sorry. I don't know if you've ever been punched in the face or stubbed your toe, but, like, pain goes away. We're not teaching you to sit there and bludgeon them while they're <laughs> on the ground regretting their decisions. We're saying hurt them just enough to get away. And that's yeah. what people don't seem to understand. They're just like, oh, no, I don't. I, I think this is the wrong place for my child or this is the wrong school for my child because I don't want them to. I don't want them to learn to hurt somebody in this situation. Yeah, I've never, and never in my life I've ever taught a kid or an adult or anybody to stand over someone and stomp on someone's head, you know, after you've taken them down. That's brutality. That is crazy. Uh, that is not, that actually, actions like that would get you kicked out 
Uh, when we teach self-defense, it's, it's caused just enough pain so you can get away and then get away. And, you know, so it's just, it's one of those things. I mean, now if it's a child with an adult attacker and they've managed to make the adult fall, I don't care if they hit them in the head and then run. <laughs> but they don't need to stand there. Okay, and that one's for their own safety. Uh, yeah. They don't need to stand there and try to stomp on their head because then that's what happens if that adult yeah. grabs a leg. Um, but it was funny, you were talking about, being punched in the head so I was training with a friend of mine yesterday uh, my actually Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor we were doing something and he accidentally headbutted me in the chin and it wasn't that hard he was like oh man I'm so sorry I didn't mean to hit you in the head I said dude I get hit in the head basically every day of my life so we're good don't worry about that uh, <laughs> and I realize that's not normal you know probably most people listening to this don't get punched in the face every day um, I, I get I punched know, in the I face people- probably at least at least four out of seven days of the week so I, I recognize that pain is a bigger deal to some other people like I'll have someone accidentally elbow me in the face like when they're walking they're like oh my gosh I'm so sorry and then they <laughs> want to check on me for the next five minutes I'm over here going look I was past it as soon as it happened like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay yeah. I'm, we're, we're chill. well you know it's 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 a mental aspect of what you can get by and what you can't get through um you know what what can we what can we work through and that's most people don't really realize what their threshold is most of the time. I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced of that after doing this for years. Um, and they're also... It's like you, you, they don't it's know what other people's thresholds are. It's weird that moment when you realize that a lot of everything is just mental and what your mind has decided how you're going to react. And if you can take a deep breath and calm yourself down, it's amazing what you can work through. Yeah. Like even... I've learned that being cold outside, the more I tense up and just shiver in on myself, the colder I feel. But if I brought myself out and, you know, and I just kind of let it. Like that Winhoff training guy. I don't know, but you can can breathe through it. You can open yourself up and you can just decide to not let it affect you that much. And it doesn't. And I'm not saying that you wouldn't freeze to death just by like having the mindset of not freezing. (laughs) Um, but let's go to there are certain let's go to Antarctica that, and give that a try. <laughs> there are certain things that you can work through that your your natural instinct is not to work through. Yeah, like there is a certain level of overreaction and everything that we're just programmed into. Yeah, like and what but we're that, used you to. You know, that's just it though. That's a good thing when you're talking about self defense because well, no. and a bad thing because in all honesty. There, a lot of people don't have that happen, but a lot of times criminals have probably been in fights before and they already know that their threshold is higher than most people. But if you are a person who knows that your threshold is higher than what most people, and you're more of that, um, I don't think it's trademarked, but that a sheepdog uh, kind of mentality, somebody who is a more of a protector. Yeah, so you, you understand that that puts you on at least equal plane with the wolves that are out there you know now as as a kid as kids the bullies haven't really found that threshold and this is the good thing because when another kid stands up to that bully more than likely that kid hasn't been through something that bully hasn't been through something when that kid stands up to that bully and hits that bully sometimes i've seen situations where it's knocked that bully the bulliness out of them, you know? 
um, because they realize, oh, that's, that's enough. When they're allowed to do that over and over and over and over and over again, though, they start to work to get stronger and stronger and stronger, and that just strengthens the bully. If a lot of times you stand up to that bully, um, then that can like an end it. And if not for everyone, if it doesn't stop that bully from messing with everyone, it's going to stop it from messing with your kid, you know? And we had a post one time talking about walking with confidence would stop somebody from picking you as a target. And then somebody made a comment on that. It was like, oh, so now basically you just want them to pick somebody else. It's like, actually what I want is for everybody to walk with confidence and to limit it's like, no, if I just wanted them to pick someone else, I would have kept this information to myself. Exactly. Final thoughts. We're going to wrap this one up. Final thoughts. Can you teach someone to defend themselves without hurting the other people? First off, let's say, is it possible? While, yes, it's probably possible, is it realistic? That's, no, no not really. Because... There are people that are just never going to get to that level. Because 99.99999% of people are not going to be able to get there. Yeah. That's just... More than likely, if you're listening to this uh, podcast episode, okay, you realize that you have taken in more about self-defense. And I'm not saying anything about us. I'm just saying, if you've taken the time to listen to this podcast about self-defense, you have taken in more information about self-defense than the average person ever will that shocks me and it hurts me because i mean like and i don't say that because hey you know i want their money that's not what is this all about at all you know we don't yeah we've got these sponsors on the podcast but we only get paid if people buy stuff from any of these sponsors on the podcast Mm -hmm. we don't get paid a whole lot for this podcast at all uh, I don't even think we always cover the bills, necessarily. We do this because we're trying to help people. I think what it comes down to is, first off, a misunderstanding of how self-defense occurs. Yeah. And then a misunderstanding of what we're actually teaching when we're t- showing someone how to hurt someone. And a misunderstanding of the level of skill that someone <clears throat> can attain. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because whenever someone says that... Well, they would like to be able to defend themselves without hurting somebody. Yeah, great. We do, too. We would love to be able to defend ourselves without <laughs> yeah. hurting somebody. Yes. Like, that is an admirable trait. That means you're a, a, as a far, decent a, human being. Yeah, a decent citizen, you know? You don't want to hurt somebody. Most people don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, but the ones that do, sometimes it takes that level of force to stop them from doing it. And that doesn't mean that you have to, that doesn't mean that you enjoy causing them pain. But if someone is attacking you or trying to hurt you or trying to hurt your family, there is nothing wrong with causing them just enough pain to make them stop. Yep. Agreed. So, I mean, you know, I think I've said it on the podcast before. I don't like hurting people. And I know people, I've, I've had it thrown up in my face anytime I've said that. So, but you got into the ring and you fought MMA and you fought kickboxing and you did all this this horrible, brutal stuff. I was competing, okay? It was a consensual thing with me and another dude that hopped into a ring. They had to make weight. They had to follow rules. They had to do all these things. It's a competition, okay? It's a sport. 
Um, I do not get joy out of hurting other people. Never have, and I don't believe I ever will. But um, when it comes to self-defense, if I have to, I will because I will protect you know, those that are around me and stuff like that. It's just the mentality and everything. I think it is important to say that whenever I am feeling like I'm in danger or I sense a threat or something like that, causing them pain is not what my mind first goes to. Yeah, getting out of there. (laughs) Yeah, my mind goes to every other possibility before it goes to hurting them. Yep. And so far, I haven't had to hurt someone. All right. And... That's because my mind goes to everything else first. And that's really what we teach, is your mind should go to the op- their options first. But when you don't have a different option, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If it comes down to it, I am willing to hurt someone to protect myself from that person. Yeah. But that's not what my mind first goes to. It goes to all of my escape options, de-escalation options, avoidance... It goes to all of that mm-hmm. first. But if I have to if I have to hurt someone to escape with my life or with my health or with my family's life or my health or their health, I'm I'm going to do what I have to do. Yeah. Doesn't mean just just because I'm willing to doesn't mean that that's what my mind comes to or what I want to do. Yeah. So it's the same way when you send your child into a martial arts and we get all of the parents that are taken aback by the fact that you teach them to actually... Yes, yes, okay. we do. Well, let's, let's back that up. Let's be honest. Most of the people that come in, um, even with, like, with kids, uh, you know, I, I go ahead and explain exactly our stance on that. And I tell everybody when we start the self-defense stuff, I said, okay, here's the deal. You know, this is what the schools expect. This is this. This is what we teach. If you do not want your child to hit in self-defense, you can tell them this. This is why we're going to teach it in class. And in basically every case, everybody's like, nope, we understand. We got it. Um, and that's why they're here. That 95% of the time, at least that's the way it is. Very, very rarely we will hear somebody go like, yeah, I don't want my kid doing that. Um, and I would even go as far to say 99% of the time because I've only ever had uh, maybe a couple people through the years to say, that's not what I want my kid to do. So, you know, it, it's just our goal is to teach people to stay safe. That's it. We want to keep, teach people how to stay safe. And sometimes keeping people safe involves causing some pain to someone else. That does not mean you're killing someone or maiming someone or anything else. It's causing enough pain for you to get out of there. And that's, you know, to that extreme, that's what we're going to teach. You know, if you are looking for a pain compliance tool or anything like that, look at theatomicbear.com. Use the coupon code impact defense and you can get 20% off of anything on their website. Uh, Again, that's theatomicbear.com. They they make some of our favorite tactical pins and uh, they are really awesome tactical knife. Uh, so check those out. If you are enjoying this podcast, uh, go ahead and go on to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and a five-star rating. We would really appreciate that. Uh, any reviews and ratings that we get help us to get this information out there to more people and um, just encourages us that you know there are people out there who 
appreciate this kind of information. Yep. So thank you guys so much for listening and for your support. And we'll see you in the next podcast. See you guys. Thank you for listening to the Impact Defense Podcast. If you would like to learn more about how to keep yourself safe, check out the articles, videos, courses, and seminars at www.impactdefense.online. We also do training for security teams, churches, businesses, groups, and more. Stay sharp, stay focused, and train hard.